Hello, everyone. I'm Justin Oliveras. And I'm Carrie Clements. We are the co-hosts of Food Service for Thought. Not sure how you got here, but we are so glad that you did. Food Service for Thought is a podcast that shares the thoughts and insights from professionals in all areas of the food service industry to transparently unite and strengthen the business of serving food to the public, no matter where they are. We will be talking to food service professionals like chefs, restaurant owners, nutritionists, dietitians, caterers, pastry chefs, kitchen designers, restaurant interior designers, farmers, food manufacturers, restaurant equipment manufacturers, and pretty much anyone who might have anything to do with the food that you eat. So if you love food, if you are curious about all aspects of the food service and hospitality industry and want to be sure there are always great places to enjoy food, this is your kind of podcast. Trust me, it's good. Well, uh, so... To, I, I'm gonna do it, Justin, to circle back around. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Carrie knows I have a, a disdain for uh, for the the circle back around uh, touch base <laughs> stuff that we always joke about. Yes, yeah. So anyway, yes, uh, I'm really to, good at I'm, to, to yeah, do. I'm really good at taking people off topic. So <laughs> <laughs> now, and, and, uh, listen, um, clearly you've not listened to our podcast because that's our format. <laughs> There isn't one. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. So, well, so a, a lot of conversation that I've heard since I joined the board at MOFSI at those meetings, but those trickled, they, they're they happening more and more, the conversations between the five families. The And I don't know how long that's been going on. You guys might have been having those conversations uh, with one another and you know forever somebody said oh we should work with Safessa or we should work with so-and-so but I know that it's not easy to do everybody's got their own objectives and often they differ um, but it's, it does seem to me like there are more conversations there's more collaboration and while we may not have you know clear objectives for everything that are going to change the world, it started. The conversations have started. Um, sure. What is the overall goal there? And do we have any sure. objectives yet that we can talk about? Sure. I mean, the the when this uh, originally kicked off, um, I'm, I believe it was about four or five years ago. Jeff Couch was uh, president. Um. And the original goal was to get together and kind of see like what common threads and what common um, pain points that each one of the associations had, right? So the we talked about things like getting young people into the industry. That was a pain point that we all have. Um, education of those young uh, of those young minds or or of new hires. That's one of the pain points that we all had. So we kind of looked at at all these things. And, and at MOFSI, we had a um, uh, we were all up on stage doing a, a panel. Uh, and then we had uh, FCSI, we had uh, FIDA, we had NAFM, uh, Mossy, and Safesa. The five families were up there. And the pain point that we were uh, trying to get across on, uh, on that panel was, um, I'm sorry, at first it, it started at, the first time we did it was at FIDA. And the second time we did it was at Safesa. And so I kind of wanted to carry that over that same topic or the same, um, you know, the way we're the, the same panel over to the MOFSI format. When we were at Cefesa, we were talking about um, the service call and the overall um, customer experience. So it was, 
it was really interesting because the whole objective at the end of the day, uh, after this, you know, we did an hour and a half up there, I think it was, the whole, the, the end pain point or the end, um, you know, kind of wrapping it all up that we all agreed on is that we tend to set unrealistic expectations in our industry. So there's a couple things that need to happen. A, whenever the manufacturer um, sells a piece of equipment to the dealer uh, through the manufacturer's rep, that dealer should know what the warranty is on the piece of equipment and what the route is to get that, that warranty satisfied if there's an issue. So then the dealer sells that to the end user, right? And then there's a problem. So the phone rings and uh, the, the dealer answers the phone and they're like, hey, you know, our range is broken down. Okay, great, I'll get somebody out there today. Well, boom, right there, you just set an unrealistic expectation. So right off the bat, we just set ourselves up to fail. And it's not the dealer's fault, it's a lack of training is really what it boils down to. Um, the, the manufacturers all have in their um, setup within their guidelines what a service call looks like, and their service uh, department knows what that service call should look like. So they should be training us um, how to train the dealer so that the dealer can train the end user what that service call looks like. And I kinda, you know, you liken it to, um, you know, like the, uh, the experience of buying a car. Whenever you go buy a car and, you know, they, after they take you through financing and drain your wallet, they take you over into the other area, right, where they're trying to sell you um, an extended warranty and then they sell you a, you know, a paint package and all this other stuff that they're trying to sell you. But right then when they're selling you that warranty, they explain to you what happens when your car breaks down. You call roadside assistance, or uh, if the check engine light comes on, you bring it in, here's what's covered under warranty, here's what's not covered under warranty. When you leave, you know exactly what you're in for when that car breaks down, or when there's an issue that happens. And I think that's was kind of the point leaving there was like, hey, we need to do a better job as an industry training that end user when something happens on a Friday, uh, let's we'll call it on a Thursday afternoon. Please, A, don't wait till Friday to call it in. But whenever it happens, what's the process to get it fixed and what's the correct, you know, and what's the end user responsible for? What's, uh, and, and what's the manufacturer responsible for? So I think that um, if we keep this whole five families um, rolling in the right direction and we keep picking out pain points like, like service or um, like education or like bringing talent into the industry, um, I think if we continue down those paths together as, a, a, you know, as a, a, an industry collective, um, I think the sky's the limit, to be honest with you, with, with what we can do and, and how we can move it forward. I love that this was not even a thing that long ago. And it was like, let's just sit down and talk to each other. And, and, and so for if you're a food service operator, what you should know is that your restaurant supply companies, the dealers, the, the local salesperson that works with you or the person in the showroom, they have an association and that's FIDA. And the reps that work for the manufacturers have an association, which is MOFSI, and that's what Kevin is president 
of. And then there's the FESA, which is the service agents who are trained by the manufacturers to go work on equipment in your food service operation. And then uh, FCSI, which is a food service consultant uh, association. And there are different types of consultants or different types of dealers, different types of reps, different kinds of manufacturers. Their association is NAFM. So um, actually, I think they have a couple. But these five families, these five groups who have operated independently are now having these conversations, identifying objectives, and working on those together so that they're addressed together, even though they're different kinds of object or not different kinds of objectives, but um, goals and viewpoints. Different sides of the, of the, yeah, we're different sides of the, of the business. Right. Yes. Yeah. So that's, yeah. that's some good news. Um, and, and it goes to that transparency and that willingness. I mean, that is such a big shift that that's a huge shift. Sure. And, um, you know, it's funny conversations with, um, with the five families is where food service 101 was born from. Yeah. Justin food service 101 just launched and it was going to be this small but helpful way to kind of onboard that we could use to onboard new hires and now it's turned into a six chapter interactive learning resource that um we've we've got uh, five of our team members now that just signed up in fact i've been emailing them back mm-hmm. and forth that have their they got their links and are working on that and that re- that to me if you are in this industry in manufacturing sales of not not just salespeople in manufacturing though but service or anybody on our side of the industry that resource is to me huge because that training process don't you remember that justin was brutal trying to explain who was what and, and where in the supply chain and yes if but no kind of just oh yeah yeah it was it was crazy and coming in um from the culinary side even i i had no idea that rep groups even existed uh, you know, mm-hmm. I knew a couple of, of cash and carry restaurant supply stores because that's where I went to buy, you know, my chef pants or some aprons. <laughs> but I didn't know that there was this <laughs> whole, you know, whole deal. I didn't even know consultants existed. I mean, it makes sense when you say it. But, you know, if you don't know, you don't know. Um, sure. So I think I think that's great. And, um, you know, with the technology, just being able to be far more technologically advanced than 30 years ago, it makes everything so much easier to connect all these different segments from the five families, which sure. I'm, I'm imagining someone, you know, named Jimmy Shortpants as the chairman of the five families. <laughs> yeah. He'll come and straighten me out that, if you have, yeah. if you have a problem. We, that would be Kevin. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. We were going to, uh, you know, come up with pinky rings, but we decided maybe not. Uh, yeah. Just straight out yeah. of the Irishman. <laughs> exactly. Hey, so sh- shameless plug uh, for anybody out there listening that wants to check it out. It's foodservice101.org uh, is where you can... Um, foodservice101.org yeah and we'll we'll put that in our notes also yeah we'll put that in our notes well um we've we've managed to talk longer than than we thought how would you even think three salespeople would do that but we did so um we we have this deal that we do called fire the board it's just some rapid fire questions we'll do that and then um 
we'll we'll wrap it up but uh, maybe another shameless plug you might want to make is your brewery before we go into the fire the board questions because you're 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 not just the president of Eaton Marketing or the president of Mofsey. You have another endeavor that you're passionate about. It's like that. Is this like the hair club for men? I want I'm not it. Only, I know. Uh, I yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I do actually have a question about the, the brewery when you're done. So please give us a little, uh, give sure. us a little on that. Sure. Uh, so I'm an a, a investor in a uh, brewery in Safety Harbor, Florida called the Crooked Thumb Brewery. Um, it's a quaint little 15-barrel uh, brewery. Uh, it's in about a 6,000-square-foot old auto body shop uh, in the heart of Safety Harbor, Florida. And uh, for those of you that haven't visited Safety Harbor, um, it is uh, an awesome little community um, that is growing growing up before our eyes. Uh, but the original... Um, reason why people came to uh, Safety Harbor, Florida was there's a, a spa uh, <clears throat> called the Safety Harbor Spa and there's a mineral spring in the spa that was uh, deemed the, the fountain of youth so people would come to uh, uh, hang out in the in the springs and get the water and you know and, and it was supposed to be really good for your skin so um, but um, Crooked Thumb is uh, it's an awesome little brewery. I mean, we, we don't really, I wouldn't say specialize in any style of beer. Um, we tend to um, brew, you know, beers more based on seasons of the year uh, as opposed to, um, you know, being a, a brewery that's really heavy, you know, hop heavy or, and we're really into IPAs and stuff like that. Um, but uh, no, the brewer, the brewer uh, Kenjiro, does a fantastic job. And uh, uh, we actually just released, uh, I believe it was a week and a half ago, um, our Girl Scout cookie beers. Uh, so we have a tag along beer and, uh, and oh my a, gosh, uh, you know, all the different, uh, yeah, all the different styles. Um, so came out really, really good this year. Well, we, we, uh, Chris got companion pass on Southwest and we're trying to figure out some fun little weekend places. <laughs> so maybe we'll have to check out Safety Harbor sometime. There you go. Yeah. There you go. It's a cool, I mean, we probably have, uh, Man, I don't know. There's probably 13 or 14 restaurants. Uh, it's got a little main street uh, in it, and it's just a, it's a cool little town. Uh, we really, really have enjoyed living there the last 12 years. And and not too not too big city kind of deal. So that sounds good. That sounds real good. Yes. Yeah. Very very small. Very small. That's that's awesome. Uh, so I imagine beer is is somewhat of a passion for you, or something that you at least enjoy very much, right? Uh, yes, I like I like to drink beer. So, yeah, right. So the the reason I ask that is really? is for for somebody um, that isn't super into beer, but maybe wants to, but just doesn't know where to start with the craft beers. You know, I mean, sure. I throw everything. You know, Coors Light, Miller Light, all that's kind of in its own. You know, that that's that is what it is kind of thing. But if someone is looking to kind of get into uh, some beer or maybe they've got a local brewery where they live and they want to go in there but they're not really sure uh, and they don't want to start with a knife and fork beer what would you recommend just sort sure. of generally speaking would be a good type of beer for someone to kind of to kind of start off the process and get used to to the the taste of a, of a, a locally brewed beer which is a little bit more you know punch sure. in the mouth than you're used to Sure, probably a pilsner you would you know a good uh, a good pilsner uh, in fact we're We've had two-time award-winning uh, Grandpa Jack's Pilsner uh, at the Safety Harbor uh, Crooked Thumb Brewery. 
Um, but probably start with a Pilsner and then uh, you could work into a lager that has a little bit more of a, uh, a depth in the, in the flavor. Um, and then a lot of people transition to, uh, to like an IPA after that. Um, IPAs, uh, Florida IPAs are a little bit different than IPAs elsewhere. They're super citrusy um, and, uh, and really hoppy. Um, but if you go to like, um, uh, you know, uh, Michigan or up, up north, they tend to be just super hoppy. There's not as much citrus in them. Um, you know, Florida, obviously we have, you know, the oranges and, and stuff like that. So a lot of the local breweries tend to, to lean on that flavor uh, in it as well. Gotcha. Okay, that's interesting. That's good to know for, for everybody. Justin, I can be your beer, beer huckleberry. Thank you. Well, and, and just so exactly. just so you know, everybody listening to the podcast, um, if you ever need some some advice on how to ask a question, you can come and see me because I ask Big J journalism questions such as, so you like beer, huh? Uh, I love it. So thanks, thanks it. for answering that and, and running with it because I certainly did not do much for to set sure. you up. Yes, for breaking sure. news. Yeah, it's a... Uh, I've come a long way since the twelve pack of natural light. I mean, I tell you. You mean this morning, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I know. I thought he was going to ask what's the best breakfast beer. So. Yeah. <laughs> so I would say a pilsner probably is the best breakfast beer. So. There, yeah. yeah, you got to start with a pilsner. Start with pilsner, yeah. Unless you're going straight for like a chocolate stout, you know, maybe you, that, that's your oh, deal. Yeah. So. Well, okay. Now you're talking my language. Yeah, I do. I do like. I, I I like craft beer. I like going places and trying local beers, and it's even better if somebody gets to tell you about how they sat around and came up with a name. That's super fun. Yes. 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 Yeah. So, all right, Justin, you're gonna kick off the fire the board questions. Yes, fire the board, uh, Kevin. I'm sure you know is a kitchen term. Uh, anything that is left in the kitchen that still needs to be finished cooked and sent out mm -hmm. to the guests in the dining room uh chef will say fire the board and that basically means the kitchen's uh is on hairs on fire for about five minutes and then um then it's over so these questions are some rapid fire questions uh designed to get right in there um with you so we'll kick sure. things off here first question is can you tell us your favorite food i love pizza it's not the greatest thing for you but that is probably my uh pizza and chicken wings are my two favorites <laughs> It's not, uh, it's not a high class, uh, you know, um, you know, I love Asabuco or something like that. It's, I mean, I just love pizza and, and wings because it pairs really well with beer. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That's, and that's all I got to say about that. So <laughs> right. we can skip the rest <laughs> right. of the questions. Yeah. So, so um, I know you're busy. You got two busy girls. You got, you're running 600 different directions and you're traveling a lot. But you still got to be binge watching something. What is what is it that you're watching now? Oh, I'm actually just starting. Um, what the heck's the name of it? Uh, Frank and Frank and oh, Gra Gracie Grace and, and Grace, Grace and Frankie. Grace, yes. yes, I'm just starting. Oh my that. god, yes, that's yes, hilarious! Yes. That is that's, some great TV right there. That's pretty good stuff. Yeah, I did watch um, last year. It's it's like, apparently it had been out for a while, but it was called Bloodline. And it was shot oh, in the yep. Florida Keys, yep. but that was a that was a very very good uh, good show. Yeah, that was excellent. All right, so we normally ask the next question, beer or wine, but I think we know the answer to that. So I will ask, what is your go-to beer and what is your go-to wine? My go-to wine is a Pinot Noir, and it has to be from Oregon. That's my favorite uh, favorite Pinot Noirs. 
Um, and then I'm an IPA guy. I just, there's something about that hoppy and citrusy uh, flavor that uh, most people uh, tend to shy away from, but I, I, I dig it. All right. And then if you're if you're if you're on the liquor, that's got to be a bourbon and uh, like a Blanton's is a, oh, yes. is a fantastic bourbon. Uh, can I just tell you, by the way, as a quick aside, that you cannot get Blanton's anywhere here in Texas. You can get it at bars or whatever, a few. But um, I was at a bar a while ago, and one of the bartenders told me that it was a craft cocktail place. So I trusted him because he he had a cool hipster beard, so he seemed like he knew what he was talking about. That um, after <laughs> after the first John Wick movie came out, that uh, there was such a surge in sales for Blanton's because that's what he was drinking in the movie. Yeah, that it really became difficult to get. And uh, last year at Labor Day, my family and I were in the uh, Destin, Florida, and at the hotel we were staying at, they had Blanton's there, and it was like six dollars a glass. And I was like, yes. uh, "Here's here's fifty bucks. Like just just put it in a you know in a cooler yes. in a pitcher for me." <laughs> Yeah, we were in. I was just in uh, Miami, and staying at a at a hotel down there, and it was twenty three dollars for an old, uh, Blanton's man, uh, old fashioned. Oh my god! And uh, they had they had a bottle there, but yeah, Blanton's is super hard to get. I did figure out though that if I fly to the Cayman Islands, that uh, all the liquor stores carry it. So it's kind of interesting. I'm going to Venmo you like 200 bucks and, uh, and a suitcase <laughs> and you're going to bring it back the next time you're there. Yeah, I actually was able to buy uh, a, a barrel-aged Blanton's down there um, that is uh, not available in the U.S. And then I also was able to buy, it's a silver, a Blanton silver down there that is uh, only available in Europe, which wow. I thought was interesting. Very cool. Yeah. Justin, field trip. Well, I know, and it was so nice of him for, to invite me to his house for the week to drink all of his alcohol, so I appreciate that. Okay, we'll get back on track here. Sorry for the, for the digression. Carrie, you're up. Yeah, so what's your favorite vacation spot? Oh, um, I love Colorado. Um, I, I love the mountains. It's probably one of my favorite places to visit uh, is anywhere, Denver, up in, and then up in the mountains. Especially being in Florida, like to get away, hot summer. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yes, I, I don't need to go to a vacation spot with an ocean. <laughs> I was going to say. <laughs> right, what is the last great experience that you had eating out at a restaurant? I get the feeling Kevin has yeah, fun about this. A, most of the time. You seem like a guy who has fun Yeah, I, I honestly do. I, I pretty much have a blast anywhere. Um, I will tell you that uh, Maple and Ash in Chicago... Um, it's probably eight months out to get a reservation. Uh, it was special for two reasons. Uh, one, it takes eight months out to get a reservation. Uh, two, the fantastic, the food was fantastic. Uh, service was, was second to none. Uh, but three was I was with my oldest daughter, and I had surprised her for her birthday and took her to Chicago to go see uh, Hamilton. So we went to go see Hamilton, oh, cool. and then we went to Maple and Ash afterwards for dinner. So it was uh, it was a really really cool experience. What a great dad! That awesome. that's, that's wonderful. A, yeah, that's really cool. Mm. Write that down, Justin. You have a ways to go. Yeah, I do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what is the last good book that you read or that you listened to? Because I listen to books a lot. Oh man. 
Uh, I'm actually in the middle of a book called Mindset. Uh, and as we were talking about earlier in our, in our uh, discussions about training the, I call them the youth of America, but, uh, but <laughs> dealing with the youth of America, this book Mindset um, comes from more of a coaching uh, slash psychology perspective, but uh, it's kind of basically how to get the, the most out of um, you know, people that you're, that you're trying to bring up. Whether it's your children or uh, kids you're coaching or, you know, your employees, it kind of deals with, with all that. I'll, I'll tell you, so, like a lot of that reading to me, wouldn't you have liked to have grown up with people kind of trying to relate to you that way instead of because I said so? <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Do as I say, not yes, as I do, yes, right? Yeah. Do you want a knuckle sandwich? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, most important question you're going to answer this month. Peanut butter, crunchy or smooth? Uh, smooth. Coffee or tea? Coffee. The last sporting event or concert or something that you attended? Uh, I went to a lightning hockey game in Denver, Colorado, where they beat the Avalanche 3-1. to one. That's pretty cool. Okay. I really want to know the answer to this one. What song do you listen to that you're embarrassed to admit? My wife doesn't even know this, but I listen to a lot of electronic dance music, which is kind of funny <laughs> being uh, 46 and uh, wife and two kids. But, um, man, I don't know I don't know if I'm necessarily embarrassed of, of any uh, of any in particular music, but I think it's pretty funny that I revert back to my early 20s and... <laughs> Want to go to a club? I, say, I know you're still you're a few hours north, but you got a little South Beach in you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. No Latin flavor though. That's not that's not my jam. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! All right. That's well, this great. has been this has been fun. We covered a lot, so this is going to be one of our our longer episodes. But I think there's a lot of great stuff, and the conversation flowed well. So thank you so much for taking that much time out of your day and sharing with us about Massey and about the five families and just talking about kind of where we are in the industry. We really, really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. Yes. Thank, thank you. You were fantastic. And it was great to meet you over the phone. Hopefully uh, sometime soon I can meet you in person. So appreciate you taking time out of your busy schedule. For sure. So, Thank you. You bet. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. Thank you, Carrie. And thank you, everyone, for listening uh, to us chat with Kevin. And please tune in. In the next two weeks, we will have our next episode. So thank you for listening to the Food Service for Thought podcast. Have a great day. Have a great day. Thanks. Thank you. Bye, guys. Thank you, everyone, for listening to the Food Service for Thought podcast with Carrie and Justin. We hope you enjoyed this episode. And... Really, even if you didn't, we'd really love it if you leave a positive comment on iTunes. At the very least, please give us a thumbs up and be sure to check in for our next episode. Thanks again. Have a great day. Bye-bye.